Welcome to an extra funky episode of View the Right Thing. On this episode, Wes welcomes Joey to the fold as a new regular on the podcast. Joey will be part of the crew, dropping in at least once a month. For Joey's first episode with Wes, they'll be taking in the 2009 black exploitation action comedy parody, Black Dynamite. And now it's time for View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back to another episode of View the Right Thing. And this time I have Joey Hansa with me. Hi, everybody. How you doing, Joey? I'm good. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm happy to be here for a second time. So... Joey was so impressive during the Wonder Woman episode. Wow, you are a very kind, that kind we, man. We had to bring her back. So not only is she back, but this isn't like a, a limited engagement kind of a thing. This is the real deal. Joey is a new contributor. She's a new co-host. And she will be with us uh, once a month, it sounds and like. when you say contributor, it sounds like I actually have something to contribute. Of course you do. But uh, everyone else will be the judge of that. Oh. <laughs> it's all going to be good. Uh, so how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. And um, out of the gate, yeah, I fucking love this movie. Oh, good. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear fucking, it. Like, fucking love oh, it. Like great. top, now going into one of my tops. This so, is one of my tops. So it's interesting. When, when Steve and I started the podcast, um, this whole thing started from, um, you know, as movie people, quote unquote, listeners can't see me do my air Your quotations. Your air quotes. Um, there was this whole thing about, you know, everybody expects you to have seen every film. And so people are like, oh, you haven't seen Chinatown or whatever. Right. Like, so I, I went to Steve and I said, hey, let's um, figure out movies that neither of us have seen or at least one of us hasn't, haven't seen. And let's watch them and then let's discuss them. And that's kind of how this thing happened. And, um, and then we draw the movie and then people can watch it ahead of time so that way they can listen to it like a book club. Right. Um, with you, because Steve and I already have a bucket... We kind of had to create our own new thing. Yeah. Um, so I think, so I, I You had sent a, me a list. I sent you a big list and you checked off all these things that you hadn't seen. Yeah, or that I had seen, but it had been a long time right. and I could totally use seeing it again. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to theme our stuff a little bit. So what I did was I went for big things. Big, fun, exciting, funny, that kind of thing. It's probably going to be a lot more modern stuff, but um, <clears throat> it... It seems like Steve and I talk a lot about classics and black and white films and things mm-hmm. like that. And it gets a little stuffy. So um, with The New Blood, I thought it'd be fun to talk about really fun stuff. I so, like it. Um, so I'm really glad to hear that you liked um, Loved Dynamite. It. Loved it. Oh, great. I can't wait. Uh, so uh, have you... Um, have you seen any, You said... Have you seen any movies lately? You know, I, I know I went to the movies. <laughs> uh-huh. But I don't remember what I saw. I think I just made an excuse to go eat popcorn. Really? I mean, we've got popcorn. I, I literally, I do that. I'm like, I'm just in the mood to sit in a theater and eat popcorn. I don't care what I'm seeing. Right. I, it was probably something big that, I, I don't know. I'm an idiot and my brain is like a sieve. So I, I would have to look at what has been out recently and be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I saw. Yeah. Thor? Did you see Thor? No. See, I saw the new Thor. How was that? I loved it. Really? It's like, so, I, so I'm trying to remember back to the list. Have you seen any of the Thors? No. Okay. So, the, uh, spoiler alert, folks, uh, Marvel is on the list, because <laughs> <'Cause, laughs> Joey's not seen uh, very many of the Marvel movies, Mm-mm. so 
Uh, Marvel. I know as far as franchises, Marvel's on the list and Bond is on the list. Okay, and I, I you need to turn me into a proper dork when it comes to this kind of stuff. Oh man, because um, my Bond watching is only recent. I wasn't. I didn't yeah. grow up watching James yeah. Bond movies. Goldfinger is my favorite, and that's on your list. So. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. It was, it was, seems like my favorite ones have gold somewhere in the title. Goldfinger, <laughs> Goldeneye, Man with a Golden Gun. He's, three different Bonds. You're a flashy guy. Yeah. So I'm fancy. I like it from you're fancy. fancy. Um, okay. So the new Thor is, is like, it's very different from the first two. The first two are kind of like stuffy and um, kind of like have a high sense of themselves. Like they're very Shakespearean. Oh, okay. Which is kind of cool, but also not really what you want when you go see a superhero movie. Um, whereas they hired um, Taika Waititi, who did uh, Eagle vs. Shark and uh, The Wilder People and What We Do in the Shadows. I don't know if you've seen What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-mm. Uh, maybe we'll have to add that to the list. Um, he's a comedian. He, he's uh, a Flight of the Concords guys are, oh, are, he, are in with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Jermaine Clement especially. Love him. Um, and, uh, and so they hired Taika Waititi, who's a com- typically a comedian or comedic uh, director, to do Thor. And it's so much fun. It's oh, it's fun cool. from like the moment it starts to the moment it ends. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's very I need very to funny. write this down. I've got yeah. a pen in here over here. No, we'll, maybe we'll go see it. Oh, maybe, oh, we'll, oh, maybe we'll catch you up on Thor and then we'll go see it or something. Okay, okay, I like it. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I saw Thor. Um, although, you know, um, I don't like to watch certain movie trailers. Mm-hmm. So, like, I haven't seen the new Avengers: Infinity War trailer. But I still haven't seen Star the Star Wars trailer for the new Star Wars that's coming out. I didn't realize I missed an entire Star Wars movie last Which year. One? Rogue One? Yeah. I own it in 3D. I thought I saw it. Here's the thing that I don't understand is that I grew up watching those movies. I had them on VHS when I went to college. I watched them over and over. So you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah, but I'm not a like a, a proper nerd about them. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend who's got a Trivial Pursuit Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have been able to answer one of those oh, questions. Sure, sure. Isn't that weird though that I've seen yeah. these movies millions of times, but I just watch dumb. But I just you're, you're in it for the ride. Yeah, no, I that's just, okay. Good that's guys, bad I mean, guys. Blah. Yeah, because you're there for the popcorn. I'm there for the popcorn. <laughs> um, you know, so here's so here's good news. So I have a microwave popcorn and a microwave. Perfecto. Um, and uh, I own Rogue One. I have a pretty big TV, and the the seats rumble. I mean, you do have the most amazing setup upstairs. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty great. So you know, if you ever want to watch Rogue One, you okay, can, you can watch Rogue One. Um, but yeah, so the the trailer for the new Star Wars played during Thor. But I remember reading um, months and months ago, Ryan Johnson, who directed the new Star Wars movie, and Mark Hamill mm-hmm. both said. Don't watch any of the publicity for Star Wars because they were sure that they that Disney was going to give away some important oh. secret things, and and I have heard from people that have watched it like, like don't. don't watch it. So it came on during the the Thor previews. <laughs> you were like, I closed my eyes and I was humming to myself. So so was Desi. So I still haven't seen the trailer to that. I'm hoping to make it another. I think I think the movie comes out in about a week. So yeah, um, I, yeah, because my my neighbor slash very very close friend has already got tickets for his girlfriend and oh, himself. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen that trailer. I haven't seen the Star Wars trailer, but I mean the Avengers trailer. Mm-hmm. And if that Avengers trailer comes on, I don't know if I'll watch that in the theater. I know, I, I know. I really want to see it. But... I'm so bugged that I can't remember what the last movie was that I saw. In the in the Marvel. It or was just a, in general. Just in general. I mean, I know it was at the Arclight. Mm. It could be anything. Though. It could be anything. I know well, what I had seen prior to that was The Big Sick. 
at the at the little tiny theater in Los Feliz. But man, I hate it when I'm like, I, I know I'm sure I have opinions about whatever movie I saw in the theater yeah. and I just can't remember. That's a bummer. I know. Yeah. Unless we pause and I do a little research. I mean, you can do research well. I'll talk about some trailers that I saw. Yeah, do that. Um, I saw, what did I just watch? Um, All the Money in the World. It's a new Mark Wahlberg. It's like a period piece about... Um, Mark Wahlberg in a period piece? It's kind of a period piece. So he plays a spy... Um, and it's about John Getty. Okay. Um, and his grandson that was kidnapped. And Mark Wahlberg's like the spy who's going to try and help them get this grandson back. So it's loosely based off of truth? It, yeah, it's based based on a true story. Inspired by a true story. Okay. Um, I don't know. It looks, it looks interesting. It looks very exciting. Um, it's got Michelle Williams in it. It has Christopher Plummer. And then the grandson is a guy named Charlie Plummer. No relation? Apparently they're not related. Huh. But I thought, oh, that'd be interesting if it was his actual grandson. Yeah, seriously. It's not, sadly. I find it funny that it's Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I like Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I love him, but like I loved him in I Heart Huckabees because like that's that's. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that. He's hysterical in that movie. So taking him seriously, seriously sometimes, that's why I'm like, well, I'll be curious to see how this thing uh, ends up. Yeah. That director, though, I Heart Huckabees director... He's, he's like so talented, but I hear he's like a nightmare. Unfortunately. Yeah. I know. There were so many problems on that set. Have you seen the, the yes. behind the scenes videos of yeah, Lily Tomlin? Lily Tomlin. And Poor, I, I feel so bad for Lily Tomlin. I know. Because nobody should ever be treated that way. No, absolutely set. not. Absolutely not. And I think in, in this current climate, I, I, oh, don't especially. Think would, I don't think that would be. Um, that would be career ending at this yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Uh, Exposing yourself bad, but I mean, it's bad. No, not ejaculating into a potted plant right. in the lobby of a hotel. Right. <laughs> that's so bizarre. That's the one image What's I can't get out with... of my head. It made me puke a little in my mouth. What's I can't. Going on with the world. <laughs> I don't understand it anymore. Oh, yeah, it's bad. I saw this other. Um, you, were, you stopped doing research because I distracted you with Christopher Plummer. You were going to try and figure out what movie you saw. Yeah, but keep um, going. Okay, so I saw this other trailer that I really, really liked um, called Thoroughbreds. And it's Anton Yelchin, who died, and he died before the last Star Trek came out. And I've seen two movies since that movie came out, Star Trek, with him in it. And I think he's got maybe one more. It's like, he was really busy. Busy, yeah. Yeah. I also um, recently, when I was looking him up, um, he's part of the 27 Club. And it it was an accident. Like, he didn't didn't commit suicide or anything. Really? He... um, yeah, he was 27 years old. Wow. It's a strange coincidence. Sad. But yeah, Thoroughbreds. Uh, it's a movie with, um, oh, I should look up their names because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to just be like, oh yeah, you know, the girl from this. I know. I do. Well, I'm the worst. You're, you, everybody will come to find out that I'm really terrible. Well, I also don't want to be like an a-hole dude who can't remember women's Whatever, names. that dude with the chick and the thing and yeah. the dog. Um, two two uh, actresses I really, really like. Anna Taylor-Joy, who was in Split, and The Witch. Okay. And then Olivia Cook, who is phenomenal in Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, which is like a little indie movie. From that sounds time. familiar. Um, and then it's got Paul Sparks in it, um, who plays the dad of one of those two girls. Um, and uh, he's like real strict, and they're rich. And they come up with a plot to like, quote unquote, solve their problems, and that's to hire someone to kill... Her dad, um, and that's Anton Yelchin, is like the drug dealer 
turned would be assassin. You know, I must have been super, super busy in the last couple of weeks because I started to see even screeners come in at clients' houses because oh, I haven't really? gotten any screeners yet. It's that season. I, and I was like, I don't know this, I don't know this, I don't know this. And a lot of things that are coming out right now, I'm like, I have oh, no man. idea. I'm really curious what the screeners are right now. I know. Um, I wonder if I'll get any. I don't get screeners. I'm not, I'm not in any. You're not a SAG or WGA no, or. I'm, nobody wants to put me in a. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Yeah, well. I got I got friends that occasionally have things. Uh, let me kind of peek over their shoulders while they're watching stuff. I saw Baby Driver. <clears throat> okay, yeah, I know. And you and I talked about like a long time ago. I had that a very we're going to discuss Baby Driver. Strong opinion about Baby Driver because you and I are of differing opinions. Yes, on we Baby are. Driver. Yes, we are. Haven't seen Blade Runner yet. Haven't seen Blade Runner. <clears throat> People keep telling me to see Girls Trip, which I think is hysterical. Huh. Uh, what else? Maybe it's just been a long time. It was American Made. That was the last oh, movie I, really I saw. I want to see that. How was it? You know, I had a... It was a fun ride. It mm-hmm. really was. And to the point that I got so intrigued by the life of the actual dude that yeah. I did a little bit of research on him when I got yeah. home. It's fascinating. I am a, an unabashed Tom Cruise fan. You know, I don't want to be, but I can't help myself. I love him. I know. I, I kind of love that he's a little bit crazy, too. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, love all the, like, religious zealot stuff, but, um, uh, Let's just, be real. Yeah. Scientology religious yeah, zealot. Yeah, I didn't want to just, like, get too far into it, but, yeah, <laughs> um, that especially, but, um, yeah, there's something about him that I really like. And I, and I know a guy who's worked with him a bunch. Yeah. And um, says he's just like the best. Yeah, and he's super charismatic. He's yeah. super talented. I've, you heard, know? I've heard stories of him like pulling over on the highway to help people change tires yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me from what I've heard too. <sighs> Man, and he does all his own stunts. I know. Wow. I know. That's amazing. It's, a, it's amazing. Especially at his age because he's yeah. not, not spring chicken anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. But I guess, he, I guess he like shows up on set. He knows exactly what to do. Like, directors don't have to direct him. So Consummate so. professional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was good. Nice. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Wow. I want to see it. Um, cool. So, so we figured out what movie it was. That's exciting. Yeah. One, Ta-da! one thing solved for That's today. That's how long it's been since I've been to the theater. I'm trying to think if there's any other tra- trailers or anything I've seen. I haven't seen Coco yet, but I really liked, I would like to. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, there's this movie coming out that I, I'm, I am interested in. It's... Um, 12 Strong, hmm. I think is what, 12 Strong, and it's, the sub, the lower title is The Declassified Story of the Horse Soldiers of Afghanistan or something like that. Um, it's got Michael Shannon and William Fitch- yes. Fitchner and... Yes, uh, I know exactly what you're Hemsworth. talking about. I know a dude in it. He's one of the soldiers. I know Michael Shannon. You know Michael Shannon? I know Michael Shannon. I love Michael Shannon. He's amazing. He's a lovely human being. He was He's a member of a theater company in Chicago called the Red Orchid Theater. One of my very close friends from Chicago is also a member of the theater company. She also has a non-for-profit uh, for artists with multiple sclerosis, and he's on the board. So, like, wow. when we would be helping out with her big benefits and things like that, Michael was always there helping out because he's. I think he's on the Yes, of course, he's on the board. He's a lovely, lovely person. That's awesome. Midnight Special. He's amazing. The Iceman? Oh my gosh. Him He's... and Winona Ryder are both in the Iceman. Oh. Really? Winona Ryder? Oh yeah. I was like, I was like, you never see Winona Ryder anymore. And then she shows up in the Iceman. And Stranger and she, Things. And she's awesome. Well, yeah, it was, bef- it was before Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, she's really, really great. It's, it's, it was, it's weird, like, after all of the sort of, like, legal trouble and stuff that she yeah. had, she kind of, like, fell off the, 
the face of the earth, but man, she's she's really good. Yeah, and prior to that, it was Black Swan, and then I hadn't seen her right before that. She was in Star Trek. She the, was the JJ Abrams. So she's she's Spock's mom in the, that first. J. Oh J. Abrams wow! Movie. Yeah, she's not in it very much. She's got like three scenes. Yeah, yeah. She came she came back uh, hard and slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I guess I, I know one of the guys who's uh, one of the soldiers with with Michael Shannon. So that's that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, he's um he's been uh, slowly just kind of like peeking his head into more and more movies. He was in um, a Tom Cruise movie. He was in um, the Jack Reacher sequel. Okay. So he was. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but he was the. They interrogate a. Um, a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And he's and, the drug and he's addict. He's the drug addict. Right on. Yeah, he's great. He's really great. That's so cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I, I don't know what else I had to say about trailers. The Paddington trailer looks all right. <laughs> if you're into that. I I don't mind a good kids movie. Yeah, I don't think Peter Rabbit looks all that interesting, but. Uh, the Francis McDormand movie I saw previewed a long time ago and I think it just recently came out. I'd like to see that one. Three, Three billboards. billboards. Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, that's Martin McDonough who did um, In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. I loved In Bruges and I still have yet to see Seven Psychopaths. I liked Seven Psychopaths better but most people I know liked In Bruges better. I think Colin Farrell because he is so funny yeah. in In Bruges it's, it, it really helps everything that's going on. It definitely on. changes how you see Colin Farrell. Like, it was definitely. the first time I ever saw him and I was like oh, I have a can, lot of respect. Funny. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see the lobster, but... I have... Oh, you know what else I saw? Um, uh, Because a friend was in it. Um, The... Oh, God. The sacred... The death of a sacred deer. The killing of a sacred deer. Oh, I hear it's really, really good. I mean, it's a head trip. But I have to tell you, as intense as it is, you will find yourself laughing. Really? At really awkward moments. Hmm. So I think I, it was the first time I had gone to see a movie in a while that I was like, this director is a goddamn artist. Wow. Like, super talented. Yeah. And Colin Farrell's in it, Nicole Kidman. And yeah. it's, it's intense. But, um, you know, buckle in and watch it. It's, it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about it. Um, I knew I had seen some other things. It was the guy who, it's the guy who did The Lobster, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos. There's, I don't know if I've seen a more Greek name than that. I know. I life. know, right? Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, I don't think we have to get into Paddington. <laughs> Deadpool. Did you see the Deadpool two teaser? Not the second one. No. Oh, after this, I'll show it to you. It's it's neat. It's okay. Not, doesn't really. There's like very little footage from the actual movie in it, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Um, it's a teaser yeah. for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well. Should we dive into? I guess we uh, should dive into it. I, I, again, I was like so nervous before you came over because you didn't tell me ahead of time whether you liked it or not. I know. I was like, I'm saving it for the podcast. And I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Okay, so you loved it, hands down. Love this movie. That's great. It's I, a, there's not a clinker moment in the GD movie. I love it so much. I uh, I, I saw this movie. Um, I can't remember. It was before, just before it was released. I feel like it was like a special screening. I was living in Seattle at the time, and Michael J. White was there, and he, they did a Q and A afterwards. Oh my and god! Was, and I have a big, terrible crush on him now. It was great. It was oh, he's amazing. I I would I would love to meet him. He's. I mean, I did actually technically meet him. But and he was like one of the writers, and I think producers. He came up with the idea. Yeah. So he so he um, he had worked with uh, the director's name Scott. I, see, I want to say Scott Summers, but that's an X Men character yeah, from the I can't comic remember. book. 
<laughs> so let's pull it up on here. I'm, I love the pictures that keep going um, on your screensaver. The screensaver? Oh. And how cute that one was of you and Desi. I thought I'd turn this off. Come on. No. Sorry. Uh, Scott Sanders. Scott it, Sanders. Similar to Summers. It was very good. Scott Sanders. Uh, so they worked on a movie um, years and years ago, and but they stayed friends. And um, he was talking to Michael J. White and said, hey, uh, you know, are you working on anything? And he, he showed him this picture of him in the blue suit with the gun and the nunchucks, just mm-hmm. the pose. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, we can make a movie out of this. So they wrote the movie. That's how, how it came to be. He just... It's it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Like, yeah. to, because, like, um, Big Trouble in Little China is one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. too. And this and that are, like, y- yes and yes. Yeah. They're my two solids. Yeah. That's funny. Steve's one of Steve's favorite movies. He lo- he's a huge Kurt Russell fan. Me, too. So he's, like, all about... Big Trouble in Little China. You know, if he's a big Kurt Russell fan, he should watch the documentary um, The Battered Bastards of Baseball. Oh, okay. Everybody listening to this podcast needs to watch it. I'm not even a baseball fan, and I have seen the documentary three times. I am a baseball fan. See this documentary. It's about Kurt Russell's dad who buys a baseball team, Mm -hmm. and it's all about what his experience was like with it. It's so heartwarming and lovely and funny, and yeah. All right. Noted. I think it's on Netflix. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you want, do you want to jump into it? You want to just like, I mean, are we just going to, are, are we going to really, do we want to go over the plot at all or? I mean, you can, I just, I don't even know how to start with this. multiple pages of notes. Well, I, and also you'll see how I started relatively legible and then see how it gets bigger. Honkies is written really big with exclamation. Then you cannot start to understand anything because I was drinking. Do you know, oh, is that what? <laughs> I find I find that um, when I'm, when a movie starts and I, I take notes, um, it's very legible at the very beginning because you're not as into the movie. But by the time the movie's over, everything is just a scribble because you, you just want to hurry. Yeah. yeah, you just want to hurry and write it down because you you want to stay in the movie. Um, I, I I used to take a, a journal with me to the theater and actually just write little things. Yeah. And I recently, had someone tell me um, a friend that was with me, not like a stranger. I was like, that's really distracting. <laughs> I remember going to see plays and having a, a critic in the audience, and yeah. sometimes they have like the little light on the tip of their pen. Oh, see, I wouldn't do a light. So distracting, yeah. No, I, um, what I do is I, um, it's a little flip thing, it's black, mm-hmm. so I keep it closed when I'm not writing in it, and then when I need to write in it, I just open it just enough to get my pen in there, but I, I, where I'm holding my place in the book is where, where uh, I wrote last, so I know to write below my finger. That's adorable. So, yeah. <laughs> And I and I found like a pen that I really like that um, bleeds really well, so I don't ever have to worry about not the ink not like it coming not out. coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, busting out one of those big Lebowski moments where he takes the the napkin oh, yeah, and yeah. the shades over it with yeah. the pencil. What, what, what did I write? Well, and it's it's also handy too because if you ever like meet somebody or like you're at a Q and A or whatever, you can you know hand your thing over and they can sign the. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I had like I had like Bill Pullman sign my thing. Oh, yes, yeah, so it's like actual people who make movies. Well, I mean, now I now I get to help make movies, so it's a little bit different. But, um, but yeah, it's yeah, of, yeah, that's I, cool. I'm a sucker for like celebrity. I, I I get starstruck all the time. Do you? Every time I see somebody, I get starstruck. I used to. I don't know if I do so much anymore. It's weird living here because you see it so often. And I have friends who are friends with famous people, and I have clients who are famous people. So it's like, ah. yeah, you know. Yeah, I you know, I still get starstruck. Even when people are like, "Well, you know, we have a mutual friend who um, mm-hmm. how we met," and 
um, she's becoming her own yeah. <laughs> uh, noticeable figure. But um, her her husband was like an idol of mine when I was a kid. Yeah. So like, and a lot of other kids. And it was, yeah, it was like meeting him for the first. She kept going, "You've met him," and I'm like, "No, you've never introduced me." I, I and so the first time I met him, I like. I just I said dumb stuff. Well, but he's stammered. also so adorably awkward sometimes that it's it's hard to kind of not feel awkward around him because yeah. you know because he's a sweet person. Yeah. But there's not like an immediate warmth that comes off because I think he's just has kind of his own social awkwardness. You no, know what I mean? You, I said profound something. You were like, like no, Joey. I was a I, proper. Dumbass. I said something. I said something profoundly stupid that I immediately regretted. Because I was so nervous, and I doubt he remembers it. So, without saying who it is, he, he's very well known in the world of Batman. And um, uh, we met at a, a screening, a movie screening, and Missy said, well, "We'll sit with you, and, and I'll introduce you that That's way." That's how you guys met. Yeah, she said, "We'll sit with you, and that I'll introduce you before the movie." And I said, "Okay." She said, "Go find a seat." He likes to sit closer to the aisle, so find a seat down there, about halfway down. So I went down. Desi and I were waiting. And then I hear I hear her go, hey, Wes. And I look up, and then she's directing him, and she goes, go sit down there with him. She did not come down and introduce him. That's classic Misty. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I just wasn't sure if we should. Say. I know, I, know, I know. It's weird. Um, and so he comes down, and uh, and I'm just, like, standing there, like, it's nice to meet you, you know, da, da, da. And then he goes, oh, really nice shoes. And I go, oh, I wore them for you. And I was like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, that's so cute, though. I, I just didn't know what to say. And and so, like, I sat down, like, all red. And, like, I turned to Desi and I was like, I just said something really stupid to him. And she's like, it's okay. So I waited for a little while and he's sitting there quietly and I'm sitting there quietly. And I, finally, I turned to him and I go, can I ask you something about Batman? And he was like, yes. And all of a sudden it just clicked. Aww. And I was like, this is a dream come true. <laughs> oh my God. And he, lo- he loves it. He loves to talk about it. Yeah. He loves to share ideas too. Yeah. You know, sometimes when I'm working with him and uh, he'll be like, so what do you guys think of this? Yeah. And if you don't get his joke, you know, if he, he makes a little cartoon thing, you don't get his joke. He, he you know, he kind of goes, mm, bows his head and goes back to his office. <laughs> that sounds cute. Good guy. Yeah, he really is. All right. Well, we'll, we'll stop talking about that. Uh, how did we get on that topic? That was weird. Uh, notes. We I was about talking about notes and then people. being drunk, and then you were talking about how you take notes and, and then the getting uh, autographs. autographs, and then we decided to drop a few names. Yeah. Because you I know guess. we're freaking cool. Yeah. Well, you already dropped Michael Shannon. So I mean, I'm kind of cool. It's pretty. It's pretty, that's a it's a good one. It's a good one. I, I can't. I can definitely. I met Chris Rock once, but that's not knowing him or anything. Yeah. I met, yeah. I met Superman once. That's cool. Wait, which Superman? Tim Daly. <laughs> I mean, he's cool. I mean, I like, you know, wings and whatever. But, yeah. But but that, actually, I'll tell that story because I, I, it's actually one of my favorite celebrity meetings. Yeah. Was I was working in a retail store and he came in looking for something and I helped him find it. And uh, I was like, hey, you're you're Tim Daly. And he's like, I am Tim Daly. <laughs> I am. And I was like, oh, I really liked you in this thing. And he's like, oh, thank you. And I was like, and it's not every day you get to meet Superman. And he looked at me, and he like it's like his chest kind of got bigger, and he straightened up, and he goes, "Well, somebody's got to keep the world safe, and it might as well be me." And I was like, "Wow!" I just met Superman. Wow! <laughs> it was really cool. That is really cool. Yeah, so that's my Superman. Story. It was a cool reaction for him to have. See, I met Superman. You met Zod. Absolutely. <laughs> we're, on a, we're on other sides of the thing now. Yeah. <laughs> you represent the good. I represent the evil. Well, that's true. 
<laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have you have crazy notes. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen this movie like a million times. So I didn't take any notes. Hey, nobody's judging you. Uh, I feel I'm judging myself, maybe. Well, I was drinking <clears throat> when I first started watching it, so yeah. I wanted to make sure that I didn't. And the other thing too is that then I watched it again, and you know what I you mean. Watched it twice. I did watch it twice. Because you loved it so much. I loved it so much. And also, here's the thing. And this is going to tell an embarrassing story, which really isn't that embarrassing. It's more embarrassing to tell. Mm-hmm. I first went to go see this movie with a guy I was dating at the time when it was first out in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I had been to my annual female doctor. Okay. Um, I think it was that day or the day before. And, oh, no, no, it must have been the day before. Because she called me and was like, you have this STD. And I said, I'm sorry, what? I don't think so. I didn't come to you because I was having issues. So what, come to find out, uh, 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 ooh, years no, later, this. come to find out years uh, later that this particular doctor, wherever they were sending their labs, had had major problems. Like they had told a friend of mine who was also her, uh, that was her doctor as well, that she had something insanely wrong with her oh, girly no. parts, which was so insanely not true. So we both promptly left and found another doctor. Cool. But because I was being diagnosed with this quote-unquote STD, the, this ghostly STD, I was put on a crazy amount of antibiotics, which gave me the worst stomach cramps in the world, mm. and then I went to go see this movie. And so mm. I never had to leave a movie theater before, but I had the worst stomach cramps in the world. I finally had to turn to the guy I was dating and be like, you got to take me home. And I was so sad that it was going to like taint what I thought of the movie. And I, so I never saw it yeah. after that. And then I went and I... Uh, uh, I mean, after you had called me and, or texted me and said, hey, this is we're going to do Black Dynamite. And I was like, yes, I finally get to watch this movie for a reason. But, it, I mean, that being the craziest story. Yeah. That. You, you know what they say. Time heals all STDs. Oh, my God. I was like, really? Really? <laughs> this is not true. You know, I tell the guy that I was dating, I was like, by the way, I think you got to go take a test for this thing. He didn't have it. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just the labs were coming back with this weird stuff. Yeah. So promptly left that doctor and found somebody well, else. I am so glad. That I don't have an well, that STD. Too, but I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for you on that front. But I'm, I'm glad that I have... Um, a co-host that can tell these kinds of stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it's, all, it's all on the all on the table here. <laughs> my my my, my, my stories aren't that interesting. <laughs> I may pull something out you didn't know yeah, that was interesting. It was, it was interesting. All right, we'll keep going. All right. Uh, so, okay. So you love the movie. Yes. Uh, so the the movie premise is um, it's a parody of black exploitation films. Um, have you heard about how he kind of approached performing this character? No. So, so Michael J. <laughs> it's great. So the character um, of Black Dynamite is being played by an actor who he's also playing. Because you notice, like, the boom mic will drop in and he'll, like, notice it. So, like, he's aware he's in a movie. Right. Um, so the premise of his, of his real character is that he's a former football player who um, had to leave the NFL because he broke his neck. So if you notice in the film, he has trouble turning his neck one direction. He has to like move his kind of whole body. Oh, see, that's funny because so, I just assumed that was just some weird affectation no, he decided so, to strap on. <laughs> so he's, 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 his character is actually the actor who's playing Black Dynamite. Okay, film, okay, which I okay. Love. I didn't know that. It's a really great way to approach uh, that character. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it it, it fleshes him out even more. Yeah. 
So, uh, so it's a parody of black exploitation films. Um, I guess we can kind of. Do, do you want to talk about black exploitation films? Or? I think it's important too because I think it's something not a lot of people talk about. I mean, do you want to talk about it? No, I, I, I'll, because I don't know enough about it. What okay. I what I do like like I didn't watch Jackie Brown, and I wasn't I didn't watch Shaft. I but I grew up laughing my butt off to Rudy Ray Moore's Dolomite, which is. Yeah, Rudy Ray Moore is definitely, like, referenced hardcore in this movie. Hardcore. It's, like, the sex scene stuff, like, perspectives and stuff. Exactly, exactly. And I remember thinking, I've never seen anything like this. This is so hysterical, you know, and it's the bluest humor at the time. You know what I mean? It was... So, yeah, that and, like, Petey Wheatstraw and stuff I was aware of in high school. Mm -hmm. But I didn't watch any of the typical blaxploitation films. Right. I didn't grow up watching those. Yeah. Sweet, sweet back. Yeah, exactly. So Sweet Sweetback is like sort of like Melvin Van Peebles is like the originator, I guess, the the grandfather of of black exploitation essentially. And it, from everything I've read and understand about it, is that um, <laughs> the the dog Mommy's heard Desi ar- Hi Des. Hi Des. We're in the podcast. Say hi to the viewsters. Hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he. Um, Black people in film hadn't really been represented appropriately for decades mm-hmm. um, since the invention of film. Uh, they were Damn generally straight. relegated to maids and butlers and servants and chauffeurs and things like that, um, barely supporting roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even prior to that, savages. Right. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. Um, and then in the seventies. Uh, Melvin Van Peebles created this sort of like black superhero in a black community who um, sort of was like a larger than life figure. It was the first time really anybody had given black people an opportunity to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we'd had Sidney Poitier, Poitier at that point, but um, even that was like an outlier. Mm-hmm. Very so, much so. Um, so here comes uh, Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song. Um, they released it in two theaters. Wow. There was no marketing. Um, Earth, Wind & Fire did the music for it. So what they did is they released the album. And that was like essentially that and word of mouth was wow. how they marketed that movie. And it was like had really, really mixed reactions even in the black community. Like, um, Do you like, know where they released it? Where the theaters were? I wanted, to, I wanted to say Detroit, but I could be wrong. Let me see here. Uh... One in Detroit and one in Atlanta. Okay. The only two theaters um, from the from at the very beginning, um, and they it ended up making enough money to uh, to cover its costs. And actually, uh, Melvin the Peoples actually took a loan out from Bill Cosby, and he used that money to pay Bill Cosby. Back. Oh my God. Um, we won't get into Bill Cosby. No, we won't. <laughs> uh, but. Um, some some of the some of the critical reaction from the black community was this doesn't help us like it's creating these like strange stereotypes, stereotypes and it's violent and um and then other people were sort of like hey we finally we're represented and we actually can be the stars in something and this is about our own community and to to this day like hip hop music and film is is definitely represented on that and like sort of even the the stereotypes that we're okay with now for um, black characters are still sort of represented. Um, you see, a lot of times in film, like a black man just has to stand up and get a certain voice, and the white guy will sit sit back down right. because he's really intimidated by it. That's that's a big byproduct of 
these characters. Um, John Shaft is like a really good example mm -hmm. of that, like just this no-nonsense character. I mean, you are a little tap dancer. Oh, the dog? Yeah, that's yeah, why I call crazy. him little Gregory Hines. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after uh, after that one, um, after Sweet Sweet Back, was Shaft, I think, which is Richard Roundtree. And the really cool thing about that was um, Shaft won Academy Award, the song. Isaac Hayes like, yeah. performed at the Academy Awards like in like a weird chain shirt, you know? And mm -hmm. that's, that was like a really big deal. And like prior to that, it was, um, was it Hattie McDaniel? And Sydney Poitier were the the two prior um, Black Oscar winners. So yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really big deal. Um, I'm looking at some notes here. What 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 few notes I have here? Um, Superfly was sort of the last, like the third, last oh, really yeah. big one that was kind of taken seriously. And then like once it started, like Dolomite and then like Blackula and yes. you know. Um, those were a lot more tongue-in-cheek, which, mm -hmm. which is, I think, um, one of the reasons that this movie, Black Dynamite, um, was able to be so funny. Yeah. I, think, I think if they just tried to do just a straight shaft thing, I think it would have been difficult. Um, also, because the, the sillier stuff was also typically poorly made. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> you don't really have much to draw off of to right. try to parody it straight up. Right. Um... Let's see here. That's kind of that's kind of how it started, and I think that's like kind of the most important thing. I mean, in the '90s, black exploitation um, still kind of existed because um, black cinema, as it were, it was things like Boys in the Hood and New Jack City and um, uh, Dead Presidents, which were all again like sort of like that hip hop gangster. Um, live in the ghetto life mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. a, kind of uh, thing. Um, so funny. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating because there's, there's a lot of truth. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's like you, you kind of like, because it's not that 70s black exploitation that you're used to, you don't think of, think about it that way. Um, the but the characters, of it. Yeah. yeah, the characters are still really, really similar and um, it's still uh, talking about or um, elevating that stereotype. And now, black cinema is, is definitely evolving. You see things like Moonlight, you know? Yeah. Um, and you see that uh, there's a lot more that can be said. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of exciting to... I mean, I don't want to say... It would, it, it's not exciting that um, black exploitation is sort of dying, but um, it's exciting that more people are having a varied voices, I guess. Yeah. That's what I'm going to get at. Well, and, and it being part of the evolution of... Right. Them in, in cinema. Right. No. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. So, um, so the movie opens with um, a, an undercover officer who is um, Black Dynamite's brother. Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, getting killed. Um, that, his, that Jimmy's performance, I can't remember the actor's name, but Jimmy's performance is very reminiscent of those black exploitation films, too, where they... They like try to um, sort of overspeak or yes. overstate like performance, um, and I, you know, his eyes I, are really wide, and he's like, "I'm not a rat." Yeah, <laughs> you jive turkey. turkey. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny stuff. Uh, yeah, he's the very like theater stage presence kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah, um, classic actor. Yeah. Yes. 
so he gets killed, um, and it all revolves around a drug dealer selling kids the drugs in the community, um, which ultimately, in, in, during the movie, leads to like my favorite line, which is, but Black Dynamite, I sell drugs to children <laughs> in the community. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that whole scene is amazing with Arsenio Hall. Uh, and what is it? Cedric Yarbrough, isn't that? And uh, who is the, the cowboy? What is he? Uh, oh, is that Mike Epps? No. The character's name? And then when he had, oh. announces himself and he's like... Uh, Chicago Wind? Is that no, Chicago? not Chicago no. Wind. The names are amazing. Chicago Wind, Cream Corn. Cream Corn, yeah, that's such a great name. Red, Tommy Davidson, who I love. Um, Roger Ebert talked about um, that when he, so Roger Ebert was still alive when this movie came out mm-hmm. and he wrote a review he, I think he gave it three out of four stars um, and he talks about the names in it I'm sure if I looked up RogerEbert.com I could pull up the names but um, I saw that by the way what's that? the, the Roger Ebert the Roger Ebert thing. Mm-hmm. And, and he talks about like wanting to know what the why they got named these things. Like, what's the origin of Chicago Wind? Like, and Chicago Wind actually says, that's why they call me Chicago Wind at some point. It's what, when they're in the car chase. Oh, yeah, yeah, He makes some comment about how he gonna blow them away or something like that. Oh, that's funny. Um, oh, God, I can't believe I, I, I'm mad that I can't remember what the... Yeah, uh, I'm trying to pull up IMDb furiously here. It's the cowboy guy. It's the way he says his name that makes me so happy. I actually have the oh, movie. Uh, Tasty Freeze. That was our city hall. Yeah. Um, physical with an F. Not physical. Physical. Okay. Oh. I actually have the movie. Wow. Well, this is good. Dead air right here. Oh, wait. Gunsmoke? This is the scene. Gunsmoke. No. Sweet meat. Bullhorn. Chocolate giddy up. Wait, no. Chocolate. It's Cedric Yarbrough. That's the, the actor. Oh, that was Cedric. Yeah, that's the one who says... But I deal drugs in the community. <laughs> yeah, his, him in that whole scene when he's like, "But that's that, that's black dynamite." Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's just very matter of fact about everything that's happening. We get some. I can't. I don't know why he's not popping up in here. Kotex. Kotex is really. I mean, it's amazing. Then there's Mo bitches. So. So he goes on this uh, this quest to root out who's selling the drugs or you know who killed his brother, um, and along the way he he's um, aided by the local uh, madam, I guess you would say. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Kim uh, Whitley. Kim Whitley, okay. Whitley, um, and then uh, who's he, hilarious? He meets uh, what's her name? I don't know why I didn't write this down. I'm usually better about this. Actually, I rely on Steve to write a lot of these things down. <laughs> I'm being exposed. Um, oh. Like, Kim's character is so great. She had, She's so great with comedy that there... I watched one moment of her in that first scene where she has, like, five separate moments in one. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just so funny. Well, and she has a line in there about beating somebody with a coat hanger. And it just caught me... 
So off guard. And when he, when uh, Black Dynamite brings a girl to Kim's place, right. and that girl kind of comes out and finishes the rhyme for him, and he's like, I know that's you, I don't even have to look at you. Yeah. And then he brings the thing about hot coke hangers up. Oh, that's she what just, it was, yeah. yeah. And then she just kind of slowly slides back between the, yeah. from behind the corner. I laughed out loud so hard. And it's hard for me good. to laugh out loud in a movie. Yeah. Usually I find it amusing, or I'll say it's really funny, but like, laughed out loud. So it's, good. So good. All right, tell, tell me some of your notes. Share, share um, some of your notes. I was just p- picking out some of my favorite things, yeah, like the fact that it's Anaconda malt liquor, and then I tried to write down a quote, like, when you something the top of the panties drop, when you something to the top, I don't know. <laughs> cool. There were so many good Illegible lines. Hundred. Exactly. Uh, so, okay, so let's talk about the Anaconda malt liquor. So that was a, a major plot point, because you see the, the ad at the very beginning of the movie. Right. And then they talk about it throughout the film. And it turns out... It is the smartest tie-in. <laughs> they have a whole moment, if you guys haven't seen the movie, like, there is a, spoiler alert, there is a whole moment to them getting to the point of discovering what Anaconda does, and it gives you a, like, it leaves them... all It gives you, ooh, and who does ooh? Little Richard. What is another name for Richard? And they're like, it gives you a little dick. And then they find their yeah. friend. Yeah. That moment where, they, where he's just like... He's got the baby pacifier. <laughs> It's just, I was like, that's a little penis that they're actually like zooming in on for way too long, yeah. uncomfortably so. Yeah. And, it, and it being like the man against the black man, like, well, black people must love malt liquor. And we're, we're upset because they have big penises. So we're right. going to create the poison that shrinks all their penises. Well, and, and uh, when I say it was a, a baby pacifier, it actually was a baby pacifier that they used to, for that scene. That is what they used? Yeah. It's a flesh-colored pacifier. Come on, it looks like a little... It looks like a penis. It looks like a real penis. I mean, I don't know if they, like, altered it to make it look more like a penis. They would have had to. I mean, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I was like, that doesn't look like a baby... I mean, the size looks like a baby pacifier. So, you know, you know, like, what... Do you know what that's a reference to? There was, like, a, an urban legend um, that uh, the government was putting poison into church's chicken to kill off part of the black community. Oh my god. And so that's like a big reference to like the whole the whole ultimate plot is a reference to this like stereotyped urban legend, this racist urban I legend. I had no idea. Yeah. So I did love the, the tie in with the Roscoe's chicken and waffles. The chili and donuts. Chili and donuts. Ooh, there's a package. And the uh, can I get can I get some hot sauce for my donut? That's one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and the stuff that just gets... The it's timing... When you, when you watch it like for like the 10th time, you just kind of just watch it so passively. It's so like you're saying stuff and it's like, oh yeah, I didn't even really think about it when I was watching it again. To me, it's like how... You're going to laugh when I say this. Mallrats, I thought was hysterical um, upon watching it. My like, favorite the, Smith movie. Are you serious? Because yeah. people are like, really? A Clerks was so much better. And I'm like, Mallrats, every time I watch it, I find something funny in it. There's this off, like... N- Non sequitur sense of humor yeah. that comes out of nowhere. Like they allowed the actors to just enjoy what they were doing, mm-hmm. and that makes you pay attention more because it's not what you expect. Yeah, you know. Well, let's talk about Marats for a second. Um, I I am in the same boat where people are like, "That's your favorite one." Like chasing Amy, chasing Amy is like referred to a lot to me. I'm like, yeah, chasing Amy's good. It's like a, heart, a heartfelt story. I mean, Jersey Girl's a heartfelt story, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's that moment in Jersey Girl when Ben Affleck, have you seen it? No. So it's like this guy who's dealing with the loss of his wife and having to raise his child on his own. And there's a moment where he loses his shit at this little kid and screams at her. 
And it's like a moment probably every parent wants to have or maybe does have. I don't know. Um, and it's like, that's the most heartfelt thing I've ever seen Ben, ben Affleck do. Right. It just like felt so like real and raw. But anyways, back to Mallrats. Um, I don't think people give Mallrats the credit it deserves. There's a lot going on in there. And there's a lot of like, you know, people who tend to be Kevin Smith fans also tend to be movie fans. Mm-hmm. They, they tend to appreciate like the fact that he puts so much... Um, so many references to other things in there, mm-hmm. like Star Wars and whatnot. But like, Mallrats has got like Animal House references, yeah. and freaking uh, Butch and Sundance references. Yep. Like the 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 sort of bad guy's name, the mall guard is Lafors. Yes, it's like it's so smart and so fast. Yeah, that that's another reason why watching it the second and third and fourth time, it becomes funnier and funnier. Yeah, I remember the the moment where like they've got uh, is it Lafors? Uh, the dad? No, the the dad. The, the bald Lefors guy. Is, the, that's uh, Michael Worker's character. Um, Lafors is the security guard for the mall. That that like the dad though. The the like the yeah. mean dad guy. The first moment you see him and he starts doing karate moves in his bath towel and the towel, and falls. The towel <laughs> falls. My brother and I rewound that moment over and over, yeah. like crying, laughing because it was just so random. Yeah. Not just the towel falling; it's the karate move with the towel. Yeah. I was always I, I was always a big fan of um, the, the the music cues. So like, um, I was going to propose to her during the Universal tour. You're kidding? What part? When Jaws pops out of the water and you hear, <laughs> like, it's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, it's really good. It's um, not a sailboat. It's a schooner. The guy just goes, you know what? Because he's pissed. He can't see the 3D image. I mean, it's it is. It's great. If, it's great. If, I, I keep hearing they're going to either make a TV series or a sequel movie, and I desperately would want to work on that. Yeah. Like, but anyways, back to Black Dynamite. Back to Black back Dynamite. Back to Black Dynamite in your notes, because I, I want to hear, I just want to just respond to sort of what you... I, I love the fact that you have, because you're so smart that you've already, mm. you already know about this. I'll give me credit for that. The, um, the uh, what's it called? Conspiracy theory about Church's Chicken oh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, why Black Dynamite? Why Vietnam? But he keeps calling him a Chinaman. He keeps calling the kid Chinese. Mm-hmm. And then when he has that moment, he says that... He's, and then he looked up at my, at my and he stared at my, my belly. And he says something like, I don't know why. And I thought to myself, I know exactly what he said. Why, Dynamite? Why? <laughs> I mean, it was just the way, the delivery... Um, the, the delivery that he has... Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what's so funny? That's how drunk I was. When he called that guy cream corn, I immediately thought of David Lynch and Twin Peaks. Are you a Twin Peaks fan? Uh, I, I like it. There's a there's a reference to cream, cream corn in Twin Peaks, so I was clearly I going remember. someplace. This was not meant to reference Twin Peaks. Uh, no. uh, you're corn-fed fool with a lot of mind mat? I don't. don't. There's a, there was a moment where they call him Uncle Tom when he's in with the Black Panthers, and Saeed says... You know, he's like, I'm blacker than you will ever be, and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. the guy just looks at him and goes, I'm sorry. Like, the honesty yeah. about it was so cute, and which is why it makes that moment so funny. I think for me, this movie, mostly, I just admired the level of humor and the sense of humor that it was. Um, even the sex scene, when they animate the uh, astrological symbols of, like, the different positions that they're right. in, instead of actually watching a sex scene just get insane, you know, right. like flying from trapezes or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think they used the style of the 70s more so, which was cool. 
because um, I already had the, the crazy boob moment in the beginning with the black woman, the white woman, and the Asian woman right. all having sex and like, girls, keep your voices down. You're going to wake the other bitches up. Yeah, you know? it's so unexpected too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, it's funny, like, you bring up like the nudity too. There's just enough to make it feel authentic, you know, because there's, um, I think people have used the term and heard the term gratuitous nudity before. Yeah. And I don't think, people always understand really what that really means like it's not just that there's like a lot of nudity or it's there it's like purposeless <laughs> you it's know totally like totally purposeless like, like when there's just a scene with just a woman who has no top on and yeah it's like all right <laughs> like olivia um uh national lampoon's vacation chevy chase's wife oh Oh, Beverly D'Angelo? Beverly D'Angelo, Olivia. Beverly D'Angelo sounds like Olivia to me. When she just turns around and looks at him when she's in the shower, and it's like, of course they get her from just below the boobs up, but it's so unnecessary. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, which is so 80s. The 80s just loved to show a set of boobs whenever they could. Uh, Well, because nowadays, like, you you see that in, like, art films. Yeah. But you don't see it so much in, like, comedies and stuff anymore, but, like, in this it kind of works because it... You know, there's. It's not like they did a ton. They did just enough to make it feel authentic, which I thought exactly better. Um, Yeah, it was just that beginning moment. Yeah. And I think even when he's with the nurse in the doctor's office, Mm -hmm. like the the overly sexual tones in it, of course. um, I don't even know if you can see her breast. I think you can see that her her top is unbuttoned. But yeah, they didn't they didn't go too crazy with it. And the lead female, they don't, they don't do no, that either. They no. keep her covered. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, I can't say. I mean, the, the karate scenes, uh, when he's doing his kung fu and he's just killing these guys, but it's really his practice at home. Yeah. You know, like all of that stuff. And, and like when the, uh, the women that are at Kim Whiteley's place, it's Kim Whitley, I think, it's not Whiteley. Um, are just running around the banquet hall, just like with yeah. their forearms <laughs> blazing, like ah! Like it's just those little things that make this movie so much fun, yeah, and goofy. And um, well, I'm a big fan of uh, the dude when he's doing the practice stuff. The dude that like gets up to run away when he turns like black on on the other side. <laughs> yeah, cracks me up. <laughs> and or like when he when he was a kid, he's like orphans. I was an orphan. And then they have the kids making fun of him being an orphan, and then they fly out the window like, yeah. ah, dynamite, dynamite, and then they just toss another kid out the window, you yeah. know. That song, too, I think that song was an authentic song that they found. Really? Yeah, I, I think um, additional music was written. Because that's all specific to the script. Like, they even yeah. make... Oh, yeah, there's the whole thing with, like, like Bullhorn narrates, like, one of the songs, mm-hmm, too, right? Mm-hmm. Which is also, like, a really, like, classic exploitation thing where... Um, the music actually follows what the character's doing. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice touch. I well, I want you to talk about something because I need to find this moment of Uh-oh. bullhorns that is my absolute favorite. I think it's at about fifty-one minutes. Um, <laughs> you just have the movie on your phone. I because I was watching. It is chocolate giddy up. Chocolate giddy. It's chocolate giddy up <laughs> like that. It's so good. It's, okay, it's this moment here. It's after the sex scene. And then he goes in to talk to the to his crew. And I just love that everything he says rhymes. Here it comes. Right there where that tracker wrote it down. Now we don't know the winds, but we do know the where. 
<laughs> Wait, that's not even it. It's coming. I thought it was when he stood up. Then we scaled the fence, entered from the south, using acetylene blowtorch to breach the warehouse from the back. That way we avoid the guard. I think he's an actor. Here it is. That is live. <laughs> that is my favorite. Because he can't rhyme. Yeah. He get, get, get. And then he just sits down. <laughs> There's a lot of moments where they kind of like break that that wall a little yes. bit. Yes. Like the, the the boom the boom mics are kind of my favorite just from the, the I'm attached the to stuff that has to do with making films. So yeah, um, stuff like that. I also really like um, the scene where he talks to the little girl and. My daddy's name is Black Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> my mother said my daddy's name is Black Dynamite. Yeah. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh, uh, well, I don't know what that's about. There's, lot, there's a lot of us named Black Dynamite. So much to like about this that name. Yeah. I'm so glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Absolutely loved it. Everything what? about it. That gives me more hope in, like, suggesting things. I'm like, well, maybe maybe she'll like the next thing. Maybe if you don't like something, then I've earned some goodwill with this one. <laughs> <laughs> you, won't, you won't be so mad at me. <laughs> it, it it's, it's very weird when I have opinions, especially strong opinions about movies. Yeah. Because um, I surprise myself. I usually don't think I have too many strong opinions about things in a negative way. Because I'm right. like, eh, I just like to go for the ride. But sometimes I get really uh, uh, on my soapbox about certain things. So it'll be interesting to see what, especially with the baby driver, which I should probably oh, see again. Do, if we, do, we want to, do we want to go over that? I mean... What didn't you like about baby... So, so you didn't like baby driver. I loved baby driver. Okay. I had, my problems with baby driver <laughs> were... For, First of all, the music was outstanding. It was straight up my playlist from college. Like, mm-hmm. every single song, I got excited and started dancing in my seat. Sure. And I loved the action scenes. And then I went, what is it trying to be? I couldn't figure out I, what it wanted its style to be. Right. Um, and I thought it wanted to be true romance-ish. I, wanted, I think it wanted that kind of, not that style, but to be as stylized as it that. And it's obscure. And the other thing, too, is I didn't, like... I like I like John Hamm, and I think he's actually great as a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. But I did not get what was going. I think there was one moment where Jamie Foxx actually made me laugh out loud, and it I, it was such a. Well, John Hamm was underused in the movie for sure. I think I, I don't know if maybe there was stuff that was cut out or what. Maybe that would have helped if there was more of him in it. Yeah. Um, I definitely felt like I didn't get enough of his character in the film. And he was such a caricature, especially sure. because he had such a young girlfriend and all this kind of stuff like nothing seemed to match up to me i think i think there's i mean i understand the criticism i i I think there's um some sense that like this was edgar wright trying to like go well i can do what tarantino does and i thought i think this is where that true romance i don't think he did it i don't i I don't think but i also don't think it's really tarantino either like i'll be honest like i prefer this to most tarantino stuff um i uh like, early Tarantino, I love because I think it's written really well. and It's, it's fun, amazing. fun to watch, but it's not, like, good filmmaking, per se. You know what I mean? Like, like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction isn't exactly, like... Like, you know when Tarantino really started his stride was um, Kill Bill, Death Proof. Like, Death Proof is my favorite Tarantino movie because it's so simple, but, it, like, he's, he's artful about the way he goes about making that movie. Um, and Kill Bill, like, all of a sudden he's... 
his like everything that he's sort of represented in still frames. You know, mm-hmm. He used to lock the camera down a lot on the tripod. Things he represented in still frames and through his like style of dialogue and stuff, he started doing with the camera mm. when, he, when he did Kill Bill. That's when I, I really started kind of turning around on, on Tarantino. I think Edgar Wright um, wanted to do something a little bit more fun and aggressive like Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is clear. I, yeah. I, I, and I think it's probably why you... The, the true romance thing. Um, I just... I, I like the noir heist. Um, the girl gets him in trouble. Uh, and I love the... Um, the need to use, like, the music is used so effectively in, like, the editing, and the music's also very fun. Yes. But also, the music is important to the character. Like, it actually has a purpose in the film. And I heard he specifically, that actor specifically was trying to find whatever his soundtrack was going to be. Somebody, who just told me recently they knew him? Ansel Elgort? Yes. I love him. He's great. Somebody, it was somebody through Misty. Huh. Uh, a guy named Andrew. He he said, I actually know him, and he told me that on set he was actually coming up with his blah, blah, blah. I mean, for John Spencer's Blues Explosion, Blues X-Man to be the first song is yeah. really obscure. And I got, because that was one of my favorite songs in college. I was a huge John Spencer fan. Yeah. And so when I heard it, I was like, yeah! You know, I was so geeked and like the buzz cut, what was it, The Damned? Um, and... There was a bunch of stuff that I was just like, "This is amazing," but then it just it just fell short for me because I I felt like it. Do you know what I'm going to compare this to? And you're going to be mad at me about this one cool. too. Um, uh, we were just talking about it, uh, Deadpool. Okay. I thought the humor in Deadpool could have been smarter. Hmm. And this is kind of like how I felt about Baby Driver. I was like, it is missing something that it's just not connecting. There's something about Deadpool though, like. You know why I think Deadpool was so popular and worked so well is they stayed really true to the material. Of course, I think if they had been smarter, it wouldn't have felt like authentic. the actual. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it would have felt like it was trying too hard. Yeah, um, and that's it, tough. Like even when the Watchmen came out, like that. It's the Watchmen's a whole other. I know, worms. but that's when when people are fans of something or yeah. a style of something or. They, it's hard to see it the other way, whereas I'm not a comic book person. I mean, Desi and I talked about this last time I was on, since we were talking about Wonder Woman, and how she was like, I should turn you on to some things that you, could, you might get into. Because yeah. I remember having lots of opinions about Watchmen, Watchmen the movie. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that's it. Those are those weird little things that it's so personal. My, that it's such a personal opinion. It's my own personal it's, op-ed piece that I can't that. argue it with somebody because I would understand why somebody else felt differently. You know, and that, and that, like I, you know, again, I, I get I get where your criticism comes from. I, I think like for me, um, you know, Steve didn't like Baby Driver either, mm. um, and the things he didn't like. Steve's a music guy. Um, he didn't like things like um, action happening on the beats. Like, like he, he's oh, I love that. that. See, I do too. Like, I, I like I think, the choreography. I, yeah, the the whole movie is um, even even in the non music scenes. Um, the whole movie is like a ballet. Like, there's all these moving pieces that are happening, and you're sort of like waiting to see how that final number is going to like play out. Mm-hmm. And I think Edgar Wright's really really smart about how he writes his beginning. Like, you go back and you watch like, you know the. Cornetto trilogy, the Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm, Hot mm-hmm. Fuzz, and uh, World's End. Like, he really takes great care 
and understanding when he opens a movie, he knows where the end is going to be, and that it's all about the journey of like trying to figure out how you get there. Mm-hmm. And in the Cordetto trilogy, especially like like especially World's End, um, he tells you everything you need to know about the movie in the first like five minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. Like World's End, he tells you what their journey is, what's going to happen to all of the characters, and who's going to survive. It's like nobody else has the guts to do stuff like that. So I think I think that's what one of the reasons I really loved Baby Driver was it was fun for me, and it I could I, I appreciated the gears that he put in place to make the whole thing this sort of like ballet. Uh huh. I get that. So, I get that. Yeah. Fair enough, Wes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I have an okay opinion. <laughs> um, You're a smart guy. I get. I mean, I get. I get. I get the criticism that people have. I mean, it, it, sometimes it just comes down to like. But some people just like some stuff and some people don't. Well, exactly. I think that's what the fun is about talking about this stuff. Like, I, I um, dated a guy who thought I was a picky eater, and I was like, no, I just like really good food. Uh, whether it's out of a truck or sure. it's, it's in a fancy restaurant, uh, if your spaghetti sauce tastes too much like sugar, I'm going to complain. Right. You know what right. I mean? Not complain. I'm going to make a comment about it because it's fun to talk about it, I sure. think. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm just criticizing the crap out of somebody yeah. and saying and patting myself on the back for it. It's like, sure. no, I think it's fun to talk about. Well, I always, I always talk about, too, um, I've said a few times in the podcast that there's, there's different ways to sort of talk about this. Like, we, like we're, we're very clear about, like, what is our opinion, right? Um, right. And there's a difference between, like, liking something and something being, like, made really well. Like, the art of I can respect film. this. Right. Um... You know, just, again, something I say a lot. Just because I like something doesn't make it a good movie. and something Just because I dislike totally. something doesn't make it bad. Totally. Um, I love bad movies. You know, Me like um, I, I enjoy, I enjoy... I own Tango and Cash. Nice. <laughs> well, I, I point to, like, Super Troopers a lot. Because that's one that I've... I've never seen it. And I've heard a lot of people say that. Added to the list just now. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I... The new one comes out in April. I'm really excited. Ooh. Uh it's that's probably one of the movies I've seen the most is Super Troopers, and it's not a like well made film, but it's funny. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's got you know quotable dialogue, um, kind of like Luck Dynamite. It's like you, you watch it and then you kind of want to watch it again so you can remember all the lines. Um, and Fletch is the same way. Like these are yeah. classic, great, entertaining, funny. It's you know it is. It's people who understand the stuff that came before them. You know like. Um, one of the things I, I we didn't really talk about with Black Dynamite that I really loved about the movie is that it's a parody film that do, is it's modern, um, but they don't make it the same way people are making parody films right now. Mm. Typically, with parody films right now, you have like Scary Movie is a really good example where they're just using the same dialogue from the first film, and and then just repeating it really really funny mm-hmm. and. And sometimes that can work. Airplane's a really good example of that working. Um, yeah. Uh, Airplane's based on this uh, serious film called Zero Hour, um, where all the same things happen, but it's all very, like, overdramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, there wasn't enough time between Scream and Scary Movie to, like, really feel like you could parody and do it the exact same dialogue. Yeah. Um, like, this not another teen movie, an epic movie, and mm-hmm. whatever movie. It's just, it's all just kind of the same and... It's not like they're creating something new. Like that's what that's what I love no. about Black Dynamite is they they wrote something that was inspired by the stuff, but they did their own story. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't just ham fist something that we've seen that becomes a stereotypical teenage thing. Right. Yeah. Right. 
All do right. We, do we pick? Uh, you want to pick? You want to pick? Mind Steve's next movie. You want me to pick your guys's? Oh, you just grab one right out. I mean, I don't know. Steve digs around. Oh man, Steve takes like an hour. All right, what, what you got? got for us? I've got the Battle Wizard. Oh, I don't know if we can get that now. I should pull that should up. Should we pull it back yeah. up? Let's pull. Let's pull it back up because I don't think that that's. I don't think our boosters could get it either. I didn't. It's, it's a hard one to get. I've never heard of it. It was in there originally for. So we did um a, a, like a Halloween thing. And um, the first year after the Halloween movies, I dumped all the Halloween movies into the bucket. Uh-huh. And that was one at three years ago we could get, but I don't think it's hard to get now. Oh, that so. stinks. Well, this one's Dear Zachary. Okay, great. I don't... I've seen it. I, Steve has not seen it. Um, this sounds familiar. It's a documentary. That's what I thought. It's fantastic and uh, hard to watch. It's Netflix. Netflix is on it, yeah. And Netflix has it, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's Netflix produced or anything, but... It's very good. Because I know I've seen it, and I love documentaries. Not seen it, but I've seen the deers, yeah, I've seen the, the picture. Jesus, Joey. <laughs> you got it. I got you. I, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, well, you can watch it and then follow along mm-hmm. on our podcast. You're going to need to listen to the next podcast because that will inform you what your movie is going to be. Okay. I'll actually tell you ahead of time. Oh, yeah. That's really I'll good tell you before idea. that episode comes out. That's I mean. a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I guess that's it. Thank you so much for Thank you being for having me. I love this. Awesome. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh. And I, I get to wait. learn a lot too. All right. I Thanks for listening to me blather on, everybody. Oh, do you want to tell people like um like I don't know, do you wanna like sell your wares or I mean, or do you want to like Twitter? I wish I was on a TV show right now. Um uh, you know, I don't not on Twitter very much, but I think it's just at Joey Hansa, H O N S A. I um You could plug someone else's do thing. Do you know what I actually I have <laughs> I have YouTube videos, guys. If you what? are into home organization, I've got a couple of like five I have like six five minute videos about like organizing your kitchen, organizing the wires under your desk as I look at yours. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, you're probably yeah, I was like earlier I was like, Don't look at my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was I was being respectful. But yeah, if anybody's into that, my um channel is called Organize Yo Shit. Y-O-S-H-I-T. So I can go on there and learn how to organize my wires that are under my desk? Yes, you can. I'm really bad about that. You should see behind our TV. Well, you know, if you can just shove it behind something and it doesn't bother you, then who cares? I mean, but if you have to see it... That doesn't bother me. It bothers you, uh-huh. though. Like no, but I know I... But see, look at what you did. You zip-tied it. You, you know, you coiled it was already, it, it came zip-tied. You know what's going on. <laughs> you know what you could deal with. I can. I could judge for days under there. Yeah, all right, I'll watch your video and then I'll... Yeah, and you can subscribe. It's been a while since I'm I've done subscribe. a video. I'll but there's like six of them. That's and I great. don't have a ton of views, which is amazing because I'm a I'm hilarious. Do you do you want to talk about like how we how we met? Like what it, are you able to talk about like what that quote unquote event was? Yeah, because it was actually a pretty public event. I mean, wasn't you probably it? like post photos on your website and stuff about it, huh? I haven't. Not oh, that really? event. Oh, I think I put some Facebook things up. We've done two of them now. Yeah, Wes and I and I we Desi and I might have talked about this. Wes and I did a huge yard sale for. I guess you say it now. Paul Dini. Yeah. Um, who, and I worked for him on the regular. And Wes was amazing. And so was Desi uh, uh, trying to price things out and see what things were going for. And Paul signs a bunch of stuff. It was really huge. I think uh, and he was actually on my Instagram. He did a video and said flat out how much he made. Oh, really? Yeah, it was $12,000. On the last one? Really? Yeah. And he's like, and we're going to Australia. That's awesome. And they <laughs> yeah. do go to Australia. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's funny because the first time that they did it, we showed up just to say hi. 
and oh. and then we were like, I just kind of want to hang out with Misty. And then so we started hanging out, and then it was like, Hey, can you can you keep an eye on these things over here? It was like, Okay. So we did that, and then it just like, oh, Can you put out some more things on the table? And I was like, Okay. And then it just like turned into like we were having a good time and stuff. And uh, and then this this last time. Um, I had so much fun ahead of time. Like, yeah, when we were prepping it all up. Yeah. Yeah, like it was like work, but I don't know, it was kind of fun just like hanging out. It and... was interesting. And watching Paul like like make those self-cultivated oh like gosh. Ziploc. And I was like... Curated. I, curated I, by Paul Curated Dini. by Paul Dini. I couldn't believe it. I was like, really? People are going to be... And I'm like, this is a world that I'm just not as into as everyone else. Yeah. And people were going after those Ziploc baggies like crazy. Yeah. The, like, this is the Marvel Ziploc baggie. This well, it seemed the... like some people knew what what those things were. Exactly. Really... Some people, I think, were just like, oh, curated by Paul Dini. That's cool. So I'm going to grab one. And they were cheap. Yeah. And then... He spent all day putting those together. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was so cute. I got a, um, upstairs... I have a formerly owned by Paul Dini animation cell mm. on the wall upstairs now. So, which one did you get? I got um, so we're big Disney fans, mm-hmm. and I got one from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Oh, awesome! That has the two animals, the cheetah and the rhino. Yep, 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 yep. I remember. It's got like kind of like a bamboo frame around it too. I wonder, did we not meet at the first one? Because I remember spending. We a met lot at of... the first one. Okay, because I was in the yeah. attic a lot, trying to restructure things yeah, up there, and I, and I helped. Like, I remember putting like cells out on the table, and then yes. there was a whole. Mistaken cell got picked up, put out, and picked oh, up. Oh yeah, Missy was very sad about that. Yeah, that was early. Because <laughs> the way I remember it is, we were told to put it out, and then there was she, second, she second, second on it. yeah, yeah. She was getting overwhelmed and didn't think she was going to get overwhelmed. Yeah. Is what it was, but it worked out. They made mm. some cash. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, so the next movie. What was the next movie? For Steve and I? Dear Zachary. Dear Zachary. So Dear Zachary is the next one. If you can't and then, find. And then you'll find out during Dear Zachary uh, what Joey's going to have to watch next. And mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Till then, everyone. Bon cinema. <laughs>